As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Conscious Shift with Julianne Turner brings insights from leading voices and visionaries across the globe to guide and inspire you to create your own conscious shift into your true power and singular greatness. Through her expertise, author, speaker, and social innovator, Julianne Turner, a world authority on the creative process, guides you to discover how to consciously create the life, work, and world you most desire. And now, here's your Conscious Shift host, Julianne Turner. Welcome, welcome everyone, our global visionaries across the planet to Conscious Shift today. This is your host, Julie Ann Turner, and you are in for a treat today. Let me tell you, we have a very special guest today. Many of you are very aware of him, uh, Fred Allen Wolf, who is probably the first quantum physicist and amazing scientific author who has also broken into the pop culture arena as a celebrity through the movie what the bleep do we know uh, many of you have seen that film we we've loved that film and fred has become so much even more well known although he has written so many wonderful books that bridge science and spirituality 14 books including his uh his taking the Quantum Leap, which was actually a recipient of the very prestigious National Book Award of si for Science. And that's important because one of the things that Fred does is he has this amazing gift of being able to explain the most complex ideas. And as, as all of us know, when we venture into the realm, the realm of quantum physics, things can get very interesting and complex. As, as they say in What the Bleep Do You Know, uh, you're, you're about to go down the deep rabbit hole of twists and turns that, that naturally occur when we try to understand the alternate ideas, concepts, and really universes that, that emerge in the realm of quantum physics. It's so much different than the mechanical uh, Newtonian world that we've we've grown up with and come to know. And I am so glad to have Fred uh, on the show today because he has a new book that speaks to just these kinds of twists and turns uh, in quantum physics. His new book is called Time Loops and Space Twists, How God Created the Universe. And right there in that title, you can tell 
that Fred deeply understands the scientific, the time and space twists, as well as the spirituality. And that's why I'm just so pleased to have Fred on our show today for Conscious Shift, uh, to really share some big, bold ideas uh, and, and seemingly new ideas, and yet at the core, timeless truths that we've heard uh, through the realm of spirituality, through the sages and the uh, theologians and philosophers across the ages. And as we've come to discover, science and spirit are just two different lenses looking at the same universal truth. And so I just want to welcome Fred Allen Wolf to Conscious Shift today. Fred, thank you so much for joining us in our global audience. You're very welcome, Julie, and thank you, Julianne, and thank you very much for the opportunity to tell you and your audience about uh, what I'm doing these days, what's new, and why I wrote this book called Time Loops and Space Twists, How God Created the Universe. It may sound a little loopy and twisty, but actually it's filled with, I think, some wonderful insights that I think uh, readers will enjoy. I wanted to tell the readers a little bit about the book just briefly for a moment. There is something that I'm doing differently in this book, and I want to both caution and encourage the reader. There's going to be some math in the book, and I know I've been told, and many people that write about uh, physics books are told, if you put any math in there, you're going to reduce the number of readers. I deliberately put what I consider to be a simplified math, which is no harder than what you had in high school math. So if you were able to grasp high school algebra and a little bit of geometry, you will be able to understand some very deep concepts, which include quantum field theory. Yes, Matilda, quantum field theory, which is really way up there in the theoretical, let's say, clouds of quantum thinking, and you'll be able to understand Einstein's relativity theory very simply by just playing with grasping some of these ideas. And some of the ideas are even just to make sure that you have a grasp of them. There are little gray boxes scattered through the book and many, there's like 70 drawings of the book. So there's many uh, things that you can play with. And uh, I encourage readers to make this a kind of a workbook. And at the same time, you'll be getting into a deep insight into why the world's made this way, the universe is made this way, and why I say God created the universe this way, and why it had to be this way. So there's some really remarkable insights, and I encourage you to, to, to both booster up your mathematical teeth, sink your teeth in a little bit, don't be afraid of the math, it won't frighten you, it won't hurt your head, and you will gain some really deep insights into the nature of reality, which I believe will help all of us in our quest for understanding and our quest for uh, doing and creating our lives in a more useful and more joyful way. Thank you for that for that context. I think that helps us all, Fred, and, and not to be afraid of the math, listeners. And uh, I will count myself in as someone who who may uh, venture in, and, and uh, I think I can handle some algebra and geometry. And I'm so excited, uh, Fred, about this book, because 
as you are sharing with the readers through this new piece, really explaining how our understanding of time, space, and matter have really changed in just the last few years, the last decade, and how those new ideas, you say, really give us a glimpse into the mind of God. And I know you've got some some thoughts about how our understanding has shifted and also about what is the mind of God. Can you can you share with us what shifts you've seen in just the last few de- few years? Well, I'm going to I'm going to share a couple of things with you since your question is is very clearly stated and has some facets to it. Uh the first thing I want to share with you are three basic new insights which uh we may have suspected before They may have even been mentioned. They may have even been mentioned by myself and my previous books and other uh, writers who write popularly about quantum physics. But let me just mention what they are. The first is a statement of negation. The universe is not made of solid matter. Whoa, what does that mean? Whoa, what is it made of then? The second statement. There is a field of mind, a mind of God that fills the whole universe. Whoa, what does that mean? And the third statement, everything in the universe is fundamentally made of light. So now we have three very new ideas. We want to bridge them together and talk about them. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is simply that the newest discoveries, of which these three are my highlighted versions of what these discoveries mean, are currently being researched at some of the major laboratories in the world. One of the major ones exists right here in our own backyard, so to speak, in Batavia, Illinois. It's uh, called the Fermilab, in which they're researching this idea. One of the physicists who wrote about some of this research was a Nobel Prize winning physicist named Leon Letterman, and he wrote a book called The God Particle, and he's referring to this thing I'm going to be telling you about shortly and what it means and why they call it that. And then there's another laboratory which is now up and running in Switzerland. It's called the Large Hadron Collider, and it's also searching for this God particle or this evidence of you might call how the universe comes into being. So these are the these are the things that are going on. Now that I've got that probably in your minds, I'd like to now tell you a story as to what it all means and why we're all so excited about these new ways of thinking and new discoveries. The story goes like all stories go. In the beginning, now we start right there. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning, well, in the beginning, there was something we call the Big Bang. And the Big Bang, which you've heard about many, many times, is very often misunderstood as to what was really going on. And when we try to picture what's really going on, there's no real convenient, simple way that we can see it other than to use a story, a metaphor. So I'm going to make up a story metaphor for you so that you can get some idea of what the Big Bang is. First of all, let me say what it isn't. The Big Bang is not an explosion of matter into empty space. That's not what it is at all. What it is is an expansion of space itself from nothing. 
And that's hard to imagine unless you begin to make a story of it. And a story is simply this. Take a balloon and blow it up. If you were to paste pennies or little tiny objects on the surface of the balloon and blow it up, those little objects on the surface of the balloon would correspond to the matter in the universe, galaxies, whatever you want to think of. And the space, the rubber that the balloon is made of, is actually the space between the galaxies. And when we say the universe suddenly, uh, Big Bang, what it happened was just a blowing up of the balloon. And it just continued to expand and expand and expand and expand. Now, now that you've got that picture in your mind, what you're, leak, what you're thinking of is not an explosion, but space and time itself expanding. And that's what the balloon surface represents. Now that you've got that picture in your mind, let me talk about the stuff which appears in the universe. What comes into the universe is nothing but light. Everything is moving at the speed of light. And there are two kinds of light. And this is very funny, that there would be such a thing as two kinds of light. Why? Because it turns out that when you read the Bible, the very first page of Genesis, or the Torah, and you look at it very carefully in its Hebrew version, there is a sentence in which God says, in fact, the sentence says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, what's interesting about the sentence in Hebrew or in English is that the word light is mentioned twice. Now, when mystical Kabbalists and spiritually inclined individuals of a mystical bent, so to speak, look at that, they wonder, hey, why does God mention light twice? Once would be enough. After all, this is God. Why, why mention it twice? He's mentioning <laughs> it twice because there are two kinds of light that were created when the universe began. And that's what I just told you before about the Big Bang. What are these two kinds of light? The first kind is, a, is the ordinary kind that we call the light that we see. And it acts as the messengers which carry information around the universe. The light that we see is a good example of that. Electromagnetic radiation uh, that we use for TV and for x-rays is another form of that. But there was a second kind of light. And this light is a funny kind of light that, of which the title of my book refers to. It's a light which can do time loops and space twists. It's a funny kind of light. We give it a name. We call them fermions, F-E-R-M-I-O-N-S, after the physicist Enrico Fermi, who first discovered this particular twisting and spinning and <laughs> turning and uh, looping aspect of these kinds of particles. And uh, it turns out that these are the particles, these, these kind of loopy ones. Uh, these particles make up, are, they're moving at light now, they actually turn, eventually become what we call electrons and quarks, which make up the nuclei. In other words, this other kind of light, this funny kind of twisting kind of light, eventually becomes the whole material universe of what we see. Now, there's more to this story, <laughs> because everything's moving at light. So what's, what, how did matter come into the picture? Well, it turns out that just shortly after that, 
there appeared a field out of magical, we don't know how it got there, it just appeared. And this field turned out to interact with the funny kind of light by making that light do a kind of a dance. It actually made the light dance by doing a zigzag. It's kind of like a a fancy two-step, zigzag, 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 zigzag. And by making this funny light do this zigzagging dance, the effect was to slow it down, giving it inertia as if it was a marble being dropped, not in air, but being dropped in a bowl of honey. This mind, this field that appeared, acts kind of like a bowl of honey. And it does something else. It also notes what's going on, so it acts like a mind. So I call this field, which has been looked for now, it's called the Higgs field, H-I-G-G-S field. But we call it, or I call it, the mind of God. So now we have a whole new picture of the universe, and the universe is not now existing of material particles that somehow have consciousness but it now exists of a field of consciousness or a mind of God in which what we call material exists. In other words, consciousness is not within your brain or in your body, but your body is within the field of consciousness or the mind of God. So you are nothing but light beings playing in the mind of God. If you want, you can think of it as you're the dreams of the mind of God. You're God's dreams. I'll stop there for a while, because that's a lot to swallow, right? (laughs) That is light. We are light beings playing in the mind of God. Now, to me, that is both a profound and joyful image. And and what you're talking about, Fred, is, is is a fairly new concept for all of us, that we exist in a field of mind or consciousness. And this, uh, the Higgs field, uh, is is what you're referring to then as this field or this field of mind, a field of the mind of God, and all is is light emanating um, at different frequencies. Is that right? Different kinds. It's a, actually there's a property the uh, that this light has. There's just two basic kinds. It's, it's not it's not even frequency. Frequency is something else. Uh, frequency has to do with the energy of the light, but we won't get into that one. Uh, that that's that's another thing. Uh, what it has to do with is how the light is twisting. There are two kinds of twists. We call them half spin twists, kind of like when you watch a diving board. You watch a champion on a diving board dump and do a. Sometimes they do a one twist or a one and a half twist. You've seen these diving champions do this. This is a half twist. <laughs> There's light which does half twists. And there's light which does whole twists. The whole twist light act as messengers carrying information from the half twist light, which is being slowed down by the mind of God. So here we have a means for not only producing matter, but producing matter that's continually playing with via the whole twist light all of the other half-twist light that's in the universe, it's all going on in this field we call the Higgs field. So the Higgs field is what gives matter its oomph or its mass, its inertia, and 
it also provides the background or the field in which all these interactions take place. And that, even though that may sound, I don't know how that sounds, it may be a little complicated, <laughs> but actually it's even more complicated when you start doing the real nitty-gritty stuff that physicists do to calculate that. You won't have to do that in this book. I just want you to get the basic idea so that you can have it in your head and can talk about it with some degree of intelligence, even with physicists. Well, I so love, Fred, that you you are so good in all of your books about giving us metaphors and stories that we can relate to familiar things that we know when we're learning new concepts, and that you also give us visuals. You know, you mentioned that uh, a particle may actually look like a barber pole. And, and can you just give us a glimpse of, we can, we can get that image in our mind and tell us why uh, a particle would look that way. Well, that, that's, part, that's, that's part of the twist. That's, part, that's what's meant by a space twist. Uh, what it turns out to be is that in the mind of God, so to speak, when these particles are twisting, it's very hard to give a consistent picture of what that is. And so I found one. I realized that the twisting of a particle looks something like a barber pole. Now, if you look at a barber pole, you can look at it, and you you know, remember the old-fashioned ones that had the red and white stripes? And if you watch them, as, they, as the pole was turning, you notice that the stripes seem to go up the pole. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Right. Absolutely. Okay. Now, if you take your right hand and grab the pole as if you could put your fingers all the way around it and circling the pole at some point, then your thumb would be pointing in the direction in which these stripes are advancing. Can you get that picture in your hand? Mm -hmm. I mean, in your head as well as in, in my, your hand? In my hand, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that would be called that would be called a... This is a picture of what a spin one half or half spin or what these you know particles, these things which come into being look like. That's one way. Okay. Well, you can also take that same barber pole and uh, turn it uh, in the in a different direction. You can rotate it the opposite way. And then if you did that, then the stripes would start to go down. Okay. Now if you turn it in the opposite way, you can get the same effect by simply taking your right hand and flipping it, okay? Now, if you turn your right hand so that your thumb points down, notice that your fingers are encircling in the opposite direction from where they were encircling before. So it's still a right-handed pull, but the stripes are going down, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, you can take a mirror image of that, <laughs> and if you look at those stripes, uh, they will be pointing if the other stripes were going from, say, the right side to the left, from the left side to the right side, the stripes were pointing upward, then the mirror image would have the pole, the stripes going downward. Can you get that picture in your mind? Just picture the pic, pic, picture the pole in a mirror. Okay? Uh -huh. And now, if we take the original one I told you about, which is the right-handed one where the stripes are going up and your thumb is pointing up, if you held it up in a mirror, it would look very much like a left-handed <laughs> pole with your fingers circulating in the opposite direction, but yet the stripe's still going up, right? Okay. Now, if we, if we consider all these possibilities, it turns out that there are actually four of them. 
There's right-handed thumb up, right-handed thumb down, left-handed thumb up, and left-handed thumb down. And it turns out those are the four possible states of matter that eventually turn into everything that we see. And it turns out that there's a property that these barber poles go through or these particles go through when they play in the Higgs field. And this is what happens to it. (laughs) A right-handed particle, (laughs) when it interacts with the Higgs field, changes into a left, let's say it's a right-handed particle with thumb up. It changes into a left-handed particle with thumb down. So that if you look at your right hand with thumbs up and your fingers are circling, let's say, in a counterclockwise direction, and then you have your left hand with your thumb down, your fingers are still circulating in a counterclockwise direction. So here we have a situation in which the encircling, which we call the spin in the language of quantum physics, remaining the same, but the particle changing from right hand to left hand to right hand to left hand, and the thumb keeps changing directions. That's the zigzag. Mm. So now we have an understanding of what's happening. An electron is constantly making this zigzag dance. And in so doing, it's slowing down and turning into what we call an ordinary electron, of which we have lots. And so, Fred, if I'm understanding this, and I, and I, I may, if I take you down a rabbit hole branch, let me know. <laughs> but, is, I, but, but it sounds right in the book, and it's, it's easier to have the book in front of you and take your hands and play with your hands. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, pictures, and you'll get it. You'll see the pictures. Uh, this is one of the great theorems of, of quantum physics, uh, which have to do with these different kinds of ways of reflecting. Uh, and if you do that, you will go down the rabbit hole, but you'll get some understanding of what antimatter is, where it comes exactly. from. Exactly. You'll get some understanding of what electrons are doing and why they're doing what they're doing. You'll get a deeper appreciation of how really magical this universe is. Well, I was just going, that's exactly, you're going right in the direction I was going to say. What does this have to do, is, is, it sounds very, very similar to concepts around antimatter and symmetry and supersymmetry. And, and uh, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, the, the infinity sign that we see, you know, the right. loop and twist and the mirror image there. Are, and, and without having to go into any more than you think is wise, are those related concepts? Yes, those related concepts explain a whole lot of things about the nature of the universe. It it, it may be a little, because readers who haven't got the book in front of them, they may not be able to follow all these things, but uh, uh, if you get the book, it it will be able to, it will make sense to you. Uh, But yes, uh, it it gives a complete picture of what we call a (laughs) Time reflection symmetry, where you reflect things forward and backward in time, gives you a space reflection symmetry in which you reflect things in space. When you hold your hand, if you look at a mirror and look at your face in the mirror, you're seeing one dimension of space being reflected, and that's mainly what you call the direction that points out of the mirror and into the mirror, the direction perpendicular to the surface of the mirror. So if you look, uh, it looks to you like your right hand and left hand are reversed, but actually your right hand is still on the right side 
uh, of you, and when you look in the mirror, it's still on that end of the mirror, the right side of the mirror. It's only when you put yourself in the mirror that your right hand looks like becomes a left hand. But actually, it's just reversing front from back. The hand is still basically the same hand, but just reversing front from back. So now if you reverse all the dimensions of space, then not only do you reverse right from left, front from back, but up from down gets reversed too. That's why a right-handed particle when reflected through space becomes, with thumb up, becomes a left-handed particle with thumb down. That's when all three dimensions get involved. That's why, it's so, that's why it gets that way. So anyway, these are just things which you can play with, and playing with the reflections may make your mind boggle, but eventually you can play with it like a dance. It becomes almost a hand dance, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you're playing exactly. with how the universe has been created. Beautiful. And Fred, uh, I, I want to, so we're going to, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to, we're going to definitely guide our listeners into a little bit more depth in this, these wonderful new and yet timeless ideas. Uh, give them a little bit of a break, uh, to, to let their minds bend back and around these concepts. And, uh, and we'll be back in just a moment to, to wrap up. Okay. Okay. Okay, we'll be back. Listeners, uh, stay with us. There's some wonderful new, uh, additional new ideas to share on the other side of this break. And you are listening to Conscious Shift with Julianne Turner and the amazing quantum physicist Fred Allen Wolf. We'll be back shortly. Would you like to know the secrets that Arnold Schwarzenegger, Oprah Winfrey, Aaron Brockovich, and other highly successful people use to reach unparalleled greatness? And to discover right now how you too can use the same powerful steps to live the life of purpose and potential you know is within you? You can. You can discover those exact secrets and steps and start seeing powerful and profound results in your life and work right now with Conscious Shift host Julianne Turner's exclusive Creator's Guide mini book, Her Gift to You a powerful results-focused version of her groundbreaking three-book series and Power Arc Creator's Guide available free to you for a limited time. Go to www.ConsciousShiftNow.com to claim Julianne's free mini-book gift to you, available now especially for all Conscious Shift listeners. Remember, as Conscious Shift host, author, and executive coach, Julianne Turner shares you're already creating your life, work, and world. Through the choices you make and the creative expressions you share, it's true. Yet, as Julianne reveals, the real question, are you creating your life and work consciously or unconsciously? Claim your mini book gift now to discover the secrets and steps to consciously creating the life you most desire. Just like Oprah and Arnold, there is a powerful life arc of creation awaiting you. Never stop short of your greatness. Julianne is a world authority on the creative process and her insights will guide and inspire you to create your own conscious shift into the true power and signature greatness already within you. To shift into your highest purpose, profitability, and potential, go to www.ConsciousShiftNow.com to receive your gift mini book. 
That's www.consciousshiftnow.com to claim your gift and your greatness right now. Welcome back, everyone. This is Julianne Turner on Conscious Shift. We are having a marvelous conversation with quantum physicist Fred Allen Wolf about his latest book, Time Loops and Space Twists, How God Created the Universe. And I hope that all of you have been listening to the first part of the show because he, uh, Fred has taken us on an amazing visual and, and mental journey following the tracks and the paths of the spinning particle pairs that we now have discovered in this new view that we have of the states of matter, that there are actually four states of matter, and they all uh, involve a zigzag dance, a twisting, looping kind of dance that that Fred has shared with us. And Fred, as we're talking about this image that you shared with us before the break, this image of the barber pole, the spiral going up and going down with the stripes going up and down. Can you relate to us? Does that mean that time actually can move backwards? Time itself is just, if you will, a roadmap. Uh, it's a question of what does happen when we can talk about things themselves going forward and backward in time. And it turns out that in order to create the universe so that it remains stable and doesn't collapse into a huge, let's say, black hole, there seems to have come into being a direction of time in which we can have Particles, once they're slowed down so that they now can have inertial energy, they can only go forward in time with and only with positive energy. However, it turns out that there must also exist the possibility that the same kinds of particles can exist going backwards in time, provided they have and can only have negative energy. And then we have both kinds of particles right now in the universe. They both exist. And the negative energy particles going backward in time, since we ourselves are identifying with going forward in time and positive energies, we would see these negative energy particles going backwards in time in a time-reversed manner. They would look like something positive with positive energy going forward in time. What kind of particle would that be? It turns out those are the particles of antimatter. So, for example, for an electron... Going forward in time, we call it an electron. For an electron, going backward in time with negative energy, we call it a positron. And positrons are the antimatters of electrons, and positron e electrons, when they interact with each other, they form these kinds of time loops. 
and we use positron electrons all the time in medical laboratories to do something called tomography, in which we can take pictures of activities in your brain, in your body. They're very useful for detecting when there is an abnormality or growth or something of that sort in the body. So, yes, we can have particles going backward in time, provided they only have negative energy. So this is where the new picture comes in. These are all part and parcel of these symmetry properties, because the symmetry property seems to be very much a part of the way God's mind works. It works through reflections, time reflections, space reflections. And when you put those together, they produce what are called antimatter-matter reflections. So now we have what's, what's well-known as a principle by which these reflection properties come into being. They're well-known by physicists, and we're always interested in what happens when something doesn't always follow that reflection law, when something breaks the symmetry. And that's uh, something which is of great interest right now. And when there's a break, as we say, it's it's a it's a phrase, it's a term, right? That uh, Fred, that that something breaks symmetry. Is it possible? Yes. Is part of that? Is it possible that it still has symmetry, but it has uh, its its opposite or its mirror is perhaps in a different dimension? Well, that that, that is in fact that's that's some of the current theory is to uh, if we can add dimensionality to these breaks, maybe we will find an additional symmetry, and in fact, that's what is called today, we're looking for something called supersymmetric partners to all the particles that we see, and that's called supersymmetry. Uh, we, if there is a possibility that there are supersymmetric particles for every particle that we see, that may help us understand a little bit more about how the Higgs field works. So far, uh, we haven't found supersymmetric particles, but there's some possibility that they may constitute what is called dark matter or possibly even dark energy in, in, in the universe. But that's something I didn't get into in the book because I thought it's enough just to understand <laughs> what we mean by the matter and antimatter that we do see. Well, that's good. I'm glad you told me that because that was one of my next questions about dark matter. So we'll leave that to the next time we, we talk. But I do... I want to ask you, um, you know, in this pairing up of these spinning particles, you know, there's this there's this con quantum concept called entanglement um, that, that, you know, Einstein was perplexed with and said, you know, called it spooky action at a distance. In other words, can things can can matter interact uh, inst in instantaneously over time and space? A and can you just speak to that just a bit? I will. Uh, whenever there's something we call quantum entanglement, what we usually mean is that two events, one for each particle of a pair of particles, which were once together and then separated, going off in, say, back-to-back -back opposite directions, when an event takes place at one of them and another event takes place at the other one, if there is no way in which something could travel from one event to the other unless it moved faster than light, which according to our understanding of material particles, 
no material particle can go faster than light, then if there is a connection that emerges from that, we call that a quantum entanglement. Now, it turns out there is something which could travel between the two. The only thing wrong with that picture of something traveling between the two is there's no unique time order. We can't say which event took place first and which event took place second. We call anything which has that kind of mix-up of time order, we call such a thing a tachyon. And it turns out that tachyons have a kind or look to be something like a mind-like quality. And it's that mind-like quality which I get into in the last chapter of the book, and I believe this is how really, if you will, the mind of God is actually working. It works through these entanglements. And these entanglements have a very funny property. If the separation between the particles is such that an observer sees them happening simultaneously, then the energy which you might say describes the tachyon traveling between the two turns out to be exactly zero without any energy at all. On the other hand, if one event's slightly ahead of the other one, then it turns out that Indeed, the tachyon has an energy. And if you start really slowing things down so that one event is just about a little bit a nudge faster than the speed of light compared to the other event, it turns out that the energy becomes very, very high, almost infinite. So we have this kind of wall of light which separates the ordinary world of matter and its interactions from the tachyonic world and its interactions. The tachyonic world seems to be more mind-like. The material world seems to be more, more matter-like. So we have here a clear separation. There's a wall of light which separates mind from matter, but yet they interrelate through this kind of activity. Wow. Now that's some, some deep thought, isn't it, uh, to, to think about that, a wall of light kind of separating is it is it Fred? Is it that we just experience what we experience or observe as as a world of matter, and and maybe the two really aren't separate? As you said, they're just interacting with one another. Matter is confined to be on one side of the wall of light, namely things which move slower than light speed. That's what I mean by a wall of light: things going slower than light speed. Mind is confined to activity of things going faster than light. And as such, because it's going faster than light, uh, it relates in a way in which normal signaling could not do. Our brains don't seem to work in a kind of normal signaling way. Simultaneous events are going on all the time in the brain in order to even form the simplest thought. So here we have a kind of a picture in which the mind, in a certain sense, is not confined by the wall of light. It's outside of it, and now it stretches into the whole universe. So as I say, as I said, your brain is not the container of your mind. Your mind is the container of your brain, and your mind is coincident with all the minds of the universe, which is the mind of God. Mm. Now, you just said something really profound there, uh, your brain is not the container of your mind. 
your mind is the container of your brain. And that, for many, uh, is a fairly new thought, although in, in the science and spirit, you know, mind-body realm, that's, that's really been uh, a concept, a truth that's, that's become more and more evidenced, right? It's, becomes, it, it's very evident if you have a newborn child, a baby, what you're watching, if you watch your child very carefully as the child begins to experience the world, you're watching the child encompass that universal mind, which the child is very aware of, into bodily processes. The mind is doing something, and the hand is reaching for something, and what you're watching the child do is bring mindful activity within the confines of the body. Mm. That's the formation of a body-mind. You're seeing it form. If you watch it from this point of view, what you're watching is an absolute miracle because you're watching mm-hmm. how it is that we embody, how we capture consciousness. The only problem that we have with it is that we tend to then assert that the body comes first and the mind is a development after, just the other way around. Exactly, exactly. And and we do. We give preeminence to the material because our, our five senses, you know, really give us the sense the sense that that this is is all there is or that this is primary this this realm that we can sense and smell and see and hear uh, the other thing that you said fred that that was so profound is that our minds are coincident with the mind of god what a profound yeah. statement that is that's that's something what eventually you you'll come to grips with as you begin to look at, uh, once you accept that, once you see that, once you begin to experience it, then you will be able to see that what you call your persona, your personality, is merely a agreement that you've made with this mind to limit you to what you choose to believe is your own reality. But there's always the opportunity and the possibility for you to change that limitation because there is no actual limit other than the limits that you've imposed to learn how to manipulate and use the body that your mind is playing with right now. So you are a body of light interacting in the mind of God, giving you the appearance of mass. So when you get out of your chair or lift something up, you're not just lifting up a weight, you're experiencing the mind of God always, instantly, forever. Yes, it's it is, and that's a perfect place to come back to on a show. Conscious shift, right? Is that you choose, um, and and we're learning that, and we're sharing that on this show. You know that what you choose to create as your own reality is unlimited, and uh, to have a mind that is that is coincident with the mind of God and coincident with every other being on the planet is so profound. And Fred, I just can't wait for all of our listeners to actually get in their hands their own copy of Time Loops and Space Twists. And so let's share with them now uh, the sites and the links that would guide them both to to your website and to uh, purchasing their own copy of the book. Well, uh, uh, the book can be found in many places. 
It's certainly on most of the booksellers online, such as Barnes and Noble and Amazon and many, many others that are currently online. It's in your bookstores. If it isn't, you can simply ask your bookseller to get you a copy, and he will. Uh, it can be found, uh, more information about the book can be found on my own, on my own website. It's, in, in case you forget, my name is Fred Allen Wolf, and my name is spelled the simplest possible way you can spell three names. F-R-E-D, that's simple enough. The middle name is A-L-A-N. It's Allen, A-L-A-N. If you remember the movie star Alan Ladd, that's how he spelled his name, A-L-A-N. And my last name is Wolf, spelled like the animal. Put them together, you got 12 letters, put a dot .com after it, and that'll take you into all the places where you can find me and information about what I write about. Uh, I have a I, I have a tweeting I have a Twitter account so I have people tweeting and follow me. I also have a Facebook so you can find me on Facebook on Twitter and you can find me on my website and you can go to redwheelwiser.com in case you forget that that's the publisher of the book and you can go to your own bookstores. Amazon also has money copies. Beautiful and so everyone listening that's www dot fred allen wolf f-r-e-d-a-l-a-n-w-o-l-f dot com that's fred's mini universe on the web <laughs> and fred is your twitter uh is your twitter name uh just your full name it's actually my twitter is dr underline quantum so okay. you just you put an at doctor then an underline and then the word quantum that's okay. my twitter Beautiful. And as you go to Fred's, yeah, if you go to Fred's uh, site, you'll see his Doctor Quantum uh, book series as well, right? Right. I have many things out in Doctor Quantum books and audio CDs and stuff like that. Absolutely. So please do. uh, Everyone listening, highly encourage you to, if you don't know Fred's work, uh, as we said, he's got 14 books and many have won uh, awards for their excellence in explaining these complex but very profound and important to us uh, ideas about where science and spirituality are just different sides of the same coin, different lenses looking into the same truth. And Fred, thank you so much for being on Conscious Shift today and sharing these these ideas are uh, quite profound, but as you said, these are ideas and, phys- and physic- physics concepts that we're already using in our medical labs with positrons and that we're already using perhaps in ideas of, of quantum entanglement for, for quantum uh, encryption and things like that that, uh, that, yeah. that that could actually be applications that we may see. In, yeah, we're living in, in a quantum age. The atomic age ended in the 50s, but we're now in the age of information, and that is all quantum physics in practical uses. You, this conversation, our present telephones, our television sets, uh, computers, all that works and basically has been made possible because of the discoveries made in quantum physics. Absolutely. And I love that, Fred. It's just a new depth to our understanding that perennial 
phrase, let there be light. And thank let you so much light, for sh yes. sharing, sharing <laughs> so much was. light with us. <laughs> and there was light. And Fred, thank you so much for sharing your light with us today. It's been another pleasure uh, to have you on Conscious Shift. And I look forward to everything, all of your creations. Uh, but thank you so much for sharing this new book, Time Loops and Space Twists. And we hope to be with you again soon. Thank you, Julianne. Thank you, Fred. Talk to you again. Bye-bye. Bye for now. So we've had such a wonderful time here on Conscious Shift today, talking with the amazing quantum physicist Fred Allen Wolf. And I, I know that each one of you who listened in today or on the replay really got a sense as to how Fred makes these concepts understandable to us and in visual terms and metaphors and stories that we can understand. And so I really do highly encourage you to go out and look up Fred's latest book, Time Loops and Space Twist, How God Created the Universe. Now, that's a very bold statement. And then also uh, take a look at and if you go to Amazon.com or Barnes and Noble, just take a look at all of Fred's books. You know, his books like uh, uh, Tanking the Quantum Leap are great overviews for understanding how science and spirit are woven together in in ways that really will resonate for those of us who are seekers, who have really looked for the parallels and the universal timeless truths that that really spread across science, across philosophy, across theology, across the ages. These perennial truths, these timeless, transcendent truths that guide us to our own creative power, which is ultimately what this is about, right? That we all have this power of mind to change and shift what our reality is and to live into that unique light that each one of us has to shine in this realm while we're here, we each have that unique genius, that unique fragment of the hologram, that unique uh, essence of light and purpose and gifts and talents that we're here to share. And that is what this show is ultimately about. That is what my work is about, what my, my three-book series, uh, A Creator's Guide, is about. And so there's so much rich resource for you to tap into through Fred's work, through my work. And I know that that journey that you're on and seeking will guide you to your highest and best. And that is the hope that we carry for you on Conscious Shift. And so for this week, thank you for joining us on Conscious Shift. Uh, this is Julianne Turner signing off for this time with you. Enjoy. You've been listening to Conscious Shift with your host, Julianne Turner. If you're ready to make your own conscious shift to awaken the power and singular greatness already within you, Julianne is your expert coach and trusted ally, your passionate professional guide to create your highest purpose, profitability, and potential in your life, work, and world. Just go now to Julianne's website, www.creatorsguide.com, and fill in the special pop-up. You'll instantly receive free access to invaluable resources and bonuses that will guide you forward. That's www.creatorsguide.com. Just go there now and fill in the special pop-up. Now is the time to shift into your greatness. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.